Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, everyone. It truly is a joy to be able to welcome you. We're just a couple of weeks away from Easter right now, and we're talking about Jesus. That is the real Jesus. And the question that we're leading with is this. Do you know Jesus? Do you know the real Jesus? And if so, we follow up with this question. Are you growing in him? Or has it gotten to the place where you've kind of stalled out, maybe a little bit stagnant in that relationship with him there? Now, if you'd say, Guy, I really don't know or know much about Jesus yet, then Jesus' invitation to us is this, that we would come to him, that we would put him to the test, that we would examine the evidence, and then, then we would respond accordingly. And it's Jesus himself that helps both groups, those that know him, those that don't know him yet, with moving ahead with this. And one of the ways that he does that is with some very specific ways to tell us exactly who he is. These are referred to as his I am declarations because that's what he starts these statements out with, showing us who he really is that way. This weekend, we're looking at Jesus' I am statement in which he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, real quick clarification right here, but I think really important clarification um, at the same time. Jesus is not giving three different I am statements here. If you're taking notes with us, whether the notes that we provide through the app or online, or if you're just doing it yourself, if you would draw a triangle real quickly and then put inside Jesus, and then the words, I am. Then on one side, I want you to write the way. On the other side, I want you to write the truth and then write the life. You see, Jesus is not saying, I am this one thing and then another thing and another thing. It's this is who I am together. The life is dependent upon the truth and the way. If we were to try to separate them, then you're going to see the whole thing is going to fall apart on us that way. But if we keep these as Jesus has intended it, this has never happened before. But with the guidance of the Holy Spirit and God, look at that. Here we are, back again, together. I told you they really needed to be you know, interdependent together that way. You see, to try to break it out, it just all falls apart. The way is dependent upon Jesus being the truth. And if he's not the truth, he can't be the way that way. This is Jesus' declaration. Now, every time he gives to us one of those I am declarations, he does it in a way that is unmistakable. The context that he shares it in is something that is very sticky. It's very memorable. So if you happen to be with us the last couple of weeks, then you know that these statements come with great context to them. And if you weren't with us, I just encourage you to check those out. This particular statement is 
grand in this unique sense. That Jesus shares it with his disciples on the night in which he is going to lead them. If you happen to have a Bible with you right now, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to John chapter 14, where we're going to find this statement. So if you've got a copy of the Bible with you, or if you're going to look that up on your phone, if you'll do that real quickly right now, John chapter 14. In John 13, we find the Last Supper. Now, Jesus' disciples didn't know that it was the Last Supper. They thought it was just another Passover celebration, a time in which they got to be with Jesus and just enjoy that quality time together. Yet at the end of dinner, Jesus makes this announcement. And he says to them, I'm leaving you tonight. The disciples really never comprehended when Jesus said he needed to go to the cross and die, that he would raise again three days from the dead. They'd never fully wrapped their mind around that. But when Jesus said this, I'm leaving you, they knew exactly what he was saying. And it shook them to their core. These were people that had committed their lives. They said, we're willing to die for Jesus. We've given ourselves to following you. And he's just going like, and now I'm going to leave you. If you've ever heard someone, spouse, someone you love, someone close to you that have said, I'm leaving you, you know just the impact that that has on you that way. And if that wasn't significant enough, then Jesus added to it. And one of you is going to betray me. That was just unthinkable to the disciples. I mean, they'd done miracles together. They'd followed Jesus together for three years. They were so rattled that every one of them began asking Jesus, is it I? Is it I? I mean, like, who who could this be, Jesus? Peter was the only one to be able to fully break the silence and said, Jesus, I'll never betray you. And Jesus looked at him and said, no, but tonight... Before the evening ends, before the rooster crows in the morning, three times, Jesus, you're going to deny me. And that just silenced Peter. And it's in that context that Jesus says, John chapter 14, verse number one, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms, and if that were not so, Would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? As Jesus speaks to his disciples, these first words, it's almost as if Jesus can't help himself. He sees how rattled they are. He sees their troubled hearts. And Jesus, to every follower of his, when he sees that trouble, when he sees that panic in them, he speaks words of hope. He gives them encouragement. He reaches out with help that they need in that moment. Now, it was Thomas He was the one in back when Jesus was saying this and he was just trying to listen to what Jesus said and you just see him waving his hand like this, like, uh, uh, excuse me, excuse me, uh, excuse me. Like, I don't know, they may know, but I don't know the way to where you're going right now. You've lost me. 
don't you love it when somebody asks the question that you wanted to ask, but you're just afraid to do so? Because they were all thinking that exact same thing. If you are taking notes, I think this is noteworthy. That the journey of faith is a journey of questions. My journey of faith has been a journey of questions, and I will add, my journey of faith remains a journey of questions today. One of the reasons that we want to encourage everybody to participate in a real Jesus discussion group is because by the time we get done tonight, I hope that you have questions. Now, I've got some questions at the end of the note sheet that you can use, but I hope that you have more questions. And therefore, you have an environment or a place where you can go and interact and ask the questions that you have. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, you're trying to figure out you know, like exactly who is Jesus or what's Christianity all about or how do I you know, really understand God? Starting point, alpha. These are both two environments in which questions, they're welcomed. In fact, questions are encouraged when we bring our questions and ask because the journey of faith is a journey of questions. Now in verse 6, we read Jesus' I am declaration. I'm going to ask everybody if you would read this with me. Everybody, ready? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now we have just read one of the most important and one of the most shunned statements of Jesus and in the scripture. And the reason that it is so, you know, reacted against is because of that last sentence. That no one comes to the Father except through me. Now when it comes to coming to God, there are three possibilities. A, that there is one path that leads to God. B, there are many paths that lead to God. Or C, there are no paths that lead to God. A, there's one path that leads to God that would be exclusive or exclusivity. B, there are many paths that lead to God that would be inclusive or inclusivity. Or C, there's no path to God that would be atheism or naturalism. Because there's no God, then there's no path to him. Which do you think that our pluralistic society and culture gravitates to? A, B, or C? What do you think? Everybody wants to move in that same direction. In fact, it was Gandhi that said this. My position is that all great religions are fundamentally equal. Rabbi Boteach took it another step further and he says this. I'm absolutely against any religion that says one faith is superior to another. I don't see how that is anything different than spiritual racism. <laughs> Who wants to be a spiritual racist, right? Oprah says this, that one of the biggest mistakes that humans make is to believe that there's only one way. Actually, there are many diverse paths leading to God. 
Now, I don't quote Oprah to poke fun at her in any way, shape, or form. I think she articulates, you know, what society gravitates to probably clearer than anybody else. What's important just to understand, though, is this, that Oprah and Jesus are saying two very different things. And one of them rose from the dead. Now, again, I don't say that to poke fun, but exclusivity isn't necessarily something that needs to be offensive. For example, if you're ever driving along and you look up and see a one-way sign and you see that you're going against the one-way sign, are you offended by the one-way sign? Or you turn onto a ramp and you look and you see this sign, wrong way. This happened to me once or twice. And turning there and looking up, and as soon as I saw, like, you know, wrong way, do you think I was like, I am so offended right now? I mean, I'm like, oh boy, you know, turn the car around as quick as I can. You know, I am thankful for that sign. Why? Because if that sign wasn't there and I continued on the direction I was going, it was not going to end well, was it? It wasn't going to end well for me. It wasn't going to end well for anyone else that was out there in front of me. We're going to talk about poison for just a second. There's a poison called botulinum, which happens to be referred to as the gold standard of lethal. I love that. The gold standard of lethal. Meaning, if you ingest botulinum, you are going to die. It's the same thing that they would use with Botox, so it's good to get injected, but it is bad for you to, um, to ingest because it immediately attacks the nervous system and it begins to shut it down. It's not a matter of if you're going to die, it's how quickly it's going to kill you. Now, there is one antidote for botulinum. It's called antitoxin. Not the most creative name in the world, I will admit, but antitoxin. If you take antitoxin, having ingested botulinum, you will live. Anybody offended that there's only one antidote for botulinum? Or would you go, I am so thankful that there is an antidote for that which would kill me or kill my child if they had ingested it. I'm going to take us back to Jesus. Jesus and what he is communicating to us and what he wants to do for us in this. You say, Jesus says that there is a way to life and that there is a way to freedom. And in fact, when we start with this platform here, Jesus' purpose or mission was this. He said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. And in order to have this that Jesus wants, it is connected to the way. To the way to be able to have life. John 3.16 probably the most familiar verse in the Bible. Some people say it's the Bible compacted into one verse. 
It says this. In fact, would you read it with me, everybody? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, if you have that opened in your Bible, if you just looked at that in yours, if you look up at the screen, when you first read this, probably the first thing that jumps out at you is this, that God loves the world. In fact, God so loves the world that it moves him to action, right? Because God loves, he does what? God sends his son. God sent Jesus. Why did he do that? Well, you can read on that whosoever believes in him should not what? If God did not send Jesus, what would happen to the people of the world? They would perish. There would not be life. It would be apart from God for eternity. It would be an eternity of hell, that separation from God. See this. Not only has God made a way, but God was the proactive one in doing it. It wasn't that we were looking for God, but God saw the plight that we were in, and he said, I've got to take action. I've got to make what isn't now, which is what? Away. Botulinum, the gold standard of lethal, right? God would say sin is the gold standard of lethal because everything that sin comes in contact with, it kills. It kills the soul, kills relationships, it kills life because Jesus wants us to be able to have it and to experience it. That's what sin does. But there is an antidote for sin. And it would be the blood of Jesus. More specifically, it's the shed blood of Jesus upon the cross. He did for us there what we couldn't do for ourselves. He paid the price of our sins. He died there for us. That whosoever would believe in him, that if we would look to what he did for us, then we can have what? Life. Jesus said, there is a way that you can have life. And that is always going to, again, be connected back to the truth. If Jesus isn't the way, then he isn't the truth. If Jesus isn't telling the truth, he's not the way, and there isn't life in Jesus either at that point. Jesus says, I want to be for you the way to life and the way to freedom. Let me just, something I haven't mentioned yet. Remember where Jesus was when he made this statement? I am the way, the truth, and the life. He was in the upper room at the Last Supper. In other words, Jesus made this statement to his disciples. He made this declaration to those people that already knew him. Because what he wanted for them was not just eternal life, but life to the full. And he wanted for them to be able to have freedom in that life. Because without freedom, well, then life, it never can be what Jesus wants it to be. Jesus says, I am the truth that will bring freedom to you. In fact, his words were these. He said, you will know the truth, me, 
And the truth will set you free. The word know there is the word gnosko. It means to know experientially. It's to know Jesus personally, and then it's to embrace that truth that he is sharing with us. Because truth is freeing. When we find ourselves in bondage, when we find ourselves no longer experiencing life as Jesus wants us to, we've become stagnant in him. In most cases, it's because there is a lie of some sort that has come into our life, and we've embraced that. The devil has one power. You could call it his superpower, though, because he's done an awful lot with it. The devil's power is this. He deceives. He lies. The devil has never created anything new. He just takes that which God has and he twists it to be able to use it in a way that is not according to God's desire to bring life to bless, but to bring death or bondage with it. The devil wants to lead people in a path of death by saying there is no way to God. Or there are many ways to God. Either one, he's happy with because the end can become the same. The devil wants to ruin our lives. Remember, these words were Jesus spoken to his disciples. He wants us to believe a lie. And thus miss out on the life that Jesus wants for us. For example, the devil would say to us that um, success in your life will satisfy you. Money, make a little bit more, and that will satisfy you. He'll say that sex, that will satisfy you. Or he'll say, sex is just sex. He'll say, your anger, your outbursts, they're not really that big a deal. Everybody has anger issues. He would say to an individual, forgiveness, that's optional. You know, you can do what you want. If you think or actually, if we put ourselves to a test right now, are you living life to the full? Are you living life that Jesus would want you to have? Is there any area that you find yourself enslaved or in bondage to? Then here's what I want you to do whenever you find that to be the case. I want you to ask yourself, what's the issue? What is the lie that you have believed? What's the lie that's been told you, whether it's by the devil or anyone else? And what's the lie you believed? And then what is the truth? So, for example, um, in the past 12 months, I have experienced some, some bouts of anxiety and of fear and of worry. There have been times these last 12 months I have not been joyful in my life. I have not been at peace in my life. I've even felt a little bit distant from God. Why is that? One of the reasons, now don't judge me too harshly. You can judge me a little, but don't judge me too harshly here. One of the reasons is, I've just looked at the church over the last 12 months. And I've looked at the church nationwide, and I've looked at the church worldwide, and I've looked at Fox River. And I've seen how it has been negatively impacted. And I've found that to be depressing. I've read some of the prognostications. Here's what's going to happen when coronavirus is finally over. And they're not that good either. And what it began to do is, again, raise this anxiety, this fear that was in me. And here's what I began to believe. It's up to me to fix it. I need to do something. 
And I believe this at the same time. Guy, you are a failure. Because if you were better, if you did better, led better than Fox River, they'd be in a better place than they are right now. When I'm believing that, I'm not free. I am not experiencing what Jesus wants me to do in my life. What was the truth? The truth is this. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Coronavirus isn't going to stop the church of Jesus from going forward. The truth is this. It has never been up to me. The truth is this, that we have wise counsel here in our church. We have a team that comes together. And if we try to go it alone, no wonder there's an anxiety and depression that's going on. The truth is, I'm a child of God. I am spirit-filled. And if I begin to live in that, that's where my joy, that's where my peace, that's where my connection with Jesus grows and deepens. Now again, what about you? Is there a lie that you believed? If you're stagnant with Jesus right now, have you believed the lie that it's okay? Maybe you believe the lie that, you know, wherever you are in your Christian walk, there's not another step for you because you're pretty much, you've arrived that way. That's what the devil would want you to believe. And Jesus says, no, I've got so much more for you. Some have believed this, that God doesn't have a purpose for your life, that there's not significance that lies in front of you. And that just isn't true. And Jesus wants us to know the truth, that the truth can set us free and it can bring us right back to that life that he wants for us. See, Jesus wants you growing in him if you've trusted and received him. Once is going with him as well. Think about this. God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. Jesus, upon his resurrection, he appeared to his disciples. He looked at them and said this, peace be to you, or shalom. And then he said this, now just as the Father has sent me, I send you. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life says, I want your heart to be people. And I want you to go with the message of me. I want you to go with the gospel. Now, I know sometimes we're like, I just don't feel like, I, I don't feel like I do a good job and I don't want to mess it up for anybody. So I thought, I'll let you in a secret. The night that I trusted Jesus, the person that shared the gospel with me, actually they did it from the stage, but the person that shared the gospel they didn't do a very good job at all. In fact, I would rate them as a D, like in sharing the gospel. I mean, it just wasn't that good. But what was lacking in the presenter was made up in the Holy Spirit and his working in me. Remember, God was the one that's been pursuing me, not vice versa. Whoever it is that you're talking to, you know this, that God loves them, that he sent his son for them, and he has been at work in their life long before you ever had the opportunity to show love and to share Jesus with them. So we can be confident in going out and going with Jesus that way. Now, as I mentioned, Easter's just two weeks away, and I don't want us to miss this opportunity that we have. In and of itself, Easter is a great opportunity to invite a person to come out to church with you. 
Some people, it's been years since they've been to church. And for everybody, it's been at least two years since you've been to an Easter service. So you can just be asking people like, like, hey, remember last time you went to an Easter service? We would love to have you join with us. And we're trying to make all the preparations we can to be safe, but to be something that is impactful. And I guarantee you, it will be impactful as we look at what it is that Jesus has done in his resurrection, what he wants to do for us. Easter is also the opportunity for us to be able to join God in his working. Again, a part of it's through inviting. And we've got digital invites. We've got cards. You can grab some of those, whatever would help you. But you've heard us mention already, previously announcements, to come one and to serve one. Fox River, if this is your church, then we want to ask you to join Jesus in the working that he wants to do in people's lives. There are hundreds of spots that you could be used and that God can use you. And I want to take you, you know, to this place of like, let's take action together. Let's join Jesus this Easter and experience more of who he is and what he wants to be able to do with us. If you're here and you haven't received Jesus yet tonight, if you haven't received him, Tonight, I'd like to invite you to do that. He's very clear. He said, I want for you to have life. And the truth is that I am that way that you can. And if you would put your faith and trust in what Jesus says, I have done for you, I can provide you with the forgiveness and so much more. Peter said, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And if that's you, I want to invite you to take that action with us this evening as well. Would you join me in this prayer, please? Jesus, each and every time you say these words, I am, and then you open yourself up to us, you become more amazing, and the truth just gets deeper and greater. Thank you that you made a way for us to life, eternal life, but life now. Thank you that you are the way for us to experience freedom. And there's some now, they believe the lie. And I pray that they'll put themselves in a place where they can look at what the truth is and experience freedom in you, Jesus. Help them with that. And for those that are here, they've realized, Jesus, you are their way to God and their way to life. And as they ask you in their heart to be their Lord and Savior, thank you, Jesus, for your saving grace in their life. Let me ask you this evening, guys, how many tonight are saying, guy, I'm at the place that tonight I'm asking Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior, my way to God. If that's you, would you lift a hand wherever you're at and just say, guy, tonight I'm trusting Jesus. Anyone here, if you just wave at me for a second, sometimes it'll take me a second to see that. The balcony, okay, thank you. Thank you again, Jesus, for your working in all of our lives. For these that are trusting you now, may they realize how wonderful this work is in their life. We pray in your holy name.
and all God's people together said, amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.